and welcome to Living Proof, the teaching ministry of Joseph Castile. We encourage you to listen to today's message over and over again so that the Word of God will be in your spirit. Be a blessing, share it with your friends, and we pray that you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We also invite you to visit us online at www.anifbeijing.com. Jeremiah 33, 1, 2, 3, read together, 1, 2, 3. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I will tell you, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Amen. So we said in passing in review that God first forms things in our life. He forms the truth in our life. And then once he begins to form something in our life and he begins to develop something in our life, the next step is to establish it in your life. So, uh, for example... Uh, when you get born again or you become a Christian, God begins to reveal something to you. He begins to reveal uh, certain things in your life that maybe he wants to work on. And as you work on that and as that becomes established in your life, you go to the next step. And then the next step, God shows you more. And this is the process of spiritual growth. As we explained last week, that if God was to tell you everything in advance, you probably would not want to go through the process. Uh, I did not know I would be in China. I did not know I'd be married to a Chinese woman. I did not know that I would have two boys. These are all things that even though I had prophecies about being a man of God and preaching the gospel and going around the world, I didn't know all the details that were involved in that because God doesn't reveal everything to us up front. If he did, we would maybe be discouraged. Maybe we would think it's impossible. Maybe we would draw back. Uh, and, and quite frankly, if God were to download too much information into our mind, our minds would literally be blown. The human mind cannot contain the, all the revelation of God. The human, mind, the human body cannot contain all the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's why we see the phenomenon called being slain in the spirit. People get a little bit of touch of God and they fall on the floor. Or they get a little bit of touch of God and they begin to shout and jump and cry or fall over. Some people get a little bit of touch from God and they fall out for three, four hours. I was in a service in Montreal a few weeks ago, a few months ago, and an angel came off the platform touched a young lady, and she was out under the power of God for three hours, three to four hours. We finished the service at 10. They couldn't, they couldn't lock the door of the building because she was still knocked out under the power of God. She didn't leave until about one in the morning, and that was just a, a little touch from an angel. Imagine 
if you were to experience all the presence of God, you would literally die. So God has to give us taste of him in degrees, and those degrees are based upon your capacity to walk in his spirit and to host the presence of God. He gives you revelation and truth based upon your capacity to receive it. So last week, we began to look in the verses that says, to him that has shall more be given. To the measure that you meet, more should be measured to you. Because you could only receive in degrees. Do you hear me? So God forms things to establish it. And there are mysteries that God wants to reveal to you, but he cannot reveal to them to you until you're ready. There's things that God wants to show you about your life, about your future, about your calling, that he can't show you until you start doing what it is he told you to do now. Do you hear me? There's callings that you have on your life right now, and you're just putting it off. Putting it off. Projects undone. Books unwritten. You know, uh, applications unwritten, unfilled out. Amen. Hallelujah. God calls you to school. He doesn't call you to pass with a D. Amen. He calls you to school. He wants you to study hard and get the best grades you can. He wants you to establish it. But we, we oftentimes don't apply our full energies in establishing what God is trying to form in our life. And if you're still caught in that level, he will not show you more. So once you have begun to establish what God is trying to do in your life, he'll begin to lead you to the next step. Some of you guys are single. Some of you women are single. You're waiting for a mate. If you have the title deed in the natural, it means you own the substance. So Hebrews 1 says if you have the title deed, if you own it in faith, if you own it in your spirit man, you already own the substance. Call now and get Joseph Castillo's Blessings and Curses CD series, which includes almost six hours of in-depth Bible teaching and inspirational preaching on how to identify curses in your family, how to release the blessing of God, canceling genetic curses. This is an exclusive offer for our Living Proof audience. Yours for a donation of only $49. Shipping and handling are included. In addition, order and we will throw in a free USB thumb drive for your computer along with your CD set. Obviously, God is waiting for you to establish something. Come on, brothers, let's say savings account. Amen. God is waiting for you to establish something. You know, the Beijing girl ain't going to marry you unless you have a house and a car. So God is waiting for you, right? Right, Joanne? The Beijing girls, right? You know, God is waiting for you to establish something before he could give you the next blessing. And until you establish what he first gave you to do, and I I said last week, uh, Kenneth Hagin had 21 visitations of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said most of everything Jesus showed him, he's never taught it anywhere in his life because the church has not started doing the last things that God told the church to do. And his main message that Kenneth Hagin carried was love and faith. And he said the church is still not walking in love and still not walking in faith. 
How can I reveal to you the mysteries of the world to come if you can't even love your neighbor? So when we establish truths in our life, now we can move on to great and mighty things which you know not. Tell your neighbor, you know not. So we have to begin to act on what we know before God takes us into deeper mysteries. Glory to glory phases. Let's look at the phases of glory to glory that as a corporate body. So up until now, the last five minutes, I've been talking to you about your personal calling. But now we're going to transition. We're going to talk about uh, a church calling and the church here at ANIF. We have been uh, establishing phases and moving in phases in this church. One is the phases of miracles, signs, and wonders. We've been teaching on redigging the wells. We've been talking about healing. We've been talking about different signs and wonders. And let you know, we are also a church that believes in casting out demons. We don't only believe in casting out demons, but we cast out demons. And I wish some more demons would come to this church so we could cast them out. Because it's fun to cast them out. Amen. Hallelujah. You're not a full gospel church if you're not casting out demons. Amen. Just because you pray for the sick and you prophesy don't mean you're full gospel. You also have to cast out demons. A third of Jesus' ministry was casting out demons. Hallelujah. So we need to cast out demons too. So we've been focusing on redigging the wells of healing, miracles, signs, and wonders. And we will continue in September talking about deliverance. And we have also have begun to move in the church here into church planting. We've been doing missions and evangelism. Now we're moving into a next phase of church planting. Okay? And now we just planted a church in Mongolia. And we'll be planting churches in other countries. And then the last phase here, phase three... As you see here, I'm not going to tell you because you're not able to hear it yet. You're not there yet. Hallelujah. First, we need to get number one down. Amen. And number two down. Once we establish that, then I'll begin to go into farther vision with you guys, what God is saying and doing. Amen. But there are dangers and there are pitfalls that we talked about last week in Mark chapter 4 in fulfilling your personal calling and also in your private calling. Mark chapter 4, Jesus gave us the grandfather parable and he told us that these are the pitfalls that can abort our calling, establishing our calling. And there are pitfalls in the first one. Go back one quick. There's pitfalls in the first one, miracles, signs, and wonders. And I want to begin to deal with the pitfalls here. These dangers in phase one are often ignored. And if you get too far off into miracle signs and wonders, you can get off in what we call a ditch. So if you could imagine with me there being a road. If you have the title deed in the natural, it means you own the substance. So Hebrews 1 says if you have the title deed, if you own it in faith, if you own it in your spirit, man, you already own the substance. Call now and get Joseph Castillo's Blessings and Curses CD series, which includes almost six hours of in-depth Bible teaching and inspirational preaching on how to identify curses in your family, how to release the blessing of God, canceling genetic curses. This is an exclusive offer for our Living Proof audience. Yours for a donation of only $49. Shipping and handling are included. In addition, 
order, and we will throw in a free USB thumb drive for your computer along with your CD set. And on the road, there is a ditch on the left-hand side and a ditch on the right-hand side. The right-hand side of the ditch might be the entire ministry is based upon miracles, signs, and wonders. And on the left-hand side of the ditch, it might be total disbelief in signs, wonders, and miracles. Or like one person told me, uh, well, I'll mention that in a few minutes, what Pastor Lee told me. But either way, you want to stay in the middle of the road. You don't want to get too far off in the ditch by going on to the left or going on to the right. Amen. Kenneth Hagin talked a lot about this philosophy of staying in the middle of the road. And Kenneth Hagin's ministry was raised up. How many of you guys know Brother Kenneth Hagin? Several of you. We have some of his books here. I can show you his picture on the back of one of these books. Uh, there's Brother Hagin there. He started Rama Bible Training Center. And he was one of the leading voices in the Voice of Healing movement and revival. He was the leading voice in the charismatic movement uh, that took place in the 60s and 70s. And he told his contemporaries, because there was a lot of healing miracle evangelists that were around during his time. And he told them all, he said, I'm going to be here long after you. Because I'm not basing my ministry on miracles. I'm basing my ministry on the word. And because I'm basing my ministry on the word, I'm going to outlast all of you. And you know what? One by one, these miracle evangelists began to disappear. This one, an adultery. This one, drunk. This one, died. This one, this one financial fraud. This one, stole money, burned down his tent. One by one, all the miracle ministries began to disappear or burn out. And there was only one, there was only two ministries that survived. That's Oral Roberts, and that's Kenneth Hagin. Out of all the miracle ministries that came out of the Voice of Healing Revival and Movement and the Charismatic Movement, only two ministries survived and are still thriving today. And that's Rama Bible Training Center, Kenneth Hagin's ministry, and Oral Roberts University, the, the healing ministry of Oral Roberts. Only two survived. Because when you base your ministry upon the Word, the Bible says he that plants his, his, his life upon the rock upon the word of God, when the storms come and the winds blow and the rain beats against it, it will stand. But if you base your ministry on miracles, it can't stand. And how many ministries are there today all across America, all across Africa, that are based their entire ministries on miracles, signs, wonders, and prophecies? And next thing you know, they're doing false prophecies, fake miracles, because they're trying to prop up and keep a ministry based upon signs versus a ministry based on teaching the word. The miracle should be the byproduct of the word preached. It should not be the emphasis of our services and our worship. Amen. When miracles become the center of our worship, all of a sudden the man of God becomes the center of our worship too. And next thing you know, the man of God is doing something wrong and then somebody says, don't talk about the man of God. Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Because the man of God has not become the center of worship because he's placed miracles as the center of their ministry. So Kenneth Hagin warned them and they all failed to heed and they're all not here today. No legacy because they didn't heed this. The first danger 
in miracles, signs, and wonders. Now, I have to teach you this because I'm teaching you on miracles. I'm teaching you on healing the sick, raising the dead, how to prophesy, casting out devils. So I'm teaching you this so that you can do it. I'm trying to form something in you, and it's not formed until you're doing it yourself. It's not good that I go to Mongolia and I have tumors dissolve and legs grow out. That's not good enough if you're not doing that. It's not, I'm not doing my job if you're not doing that, okay? But if we begin to form this, I need to warn you of the dangers so that we stay balanced, okay? And the number one danger is pride. Let's go to the next slide, pride. This is the first danger of operating in miracles, signs, and wonders, that you begin to be lifted up in yourself, thinking that you're something that you're not, because the miracles are not coming from you, you're just the vessel. They're coming through you, not from you. If you have the title deed in the natural, it means you own the substance. So Hebrews 1 says if you have the title deed, if you own it in faith, if you own it in your spirit man, you already own the substance. Call now and get Joseph Castillo's Blessings and Curses CD series, which includes almost six hours of in-depth Bible teaching and inspirational preaching on how to identify curses in your family, how to release the blessing of God, canceling genetic curses. This is an exclusive offer for our Living Proof audience. Yours for a donation of only $49. Shipping and handling are included. In addition, order and we will throw in a free USB thumb drive for your computer along with your CD set. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, through you, not from you? Yes, you're just a vessel. God wants to work through you, but the miracles don't come from you. They come from Jesus. And it is very easy to be lifted up in pride when God's miracles begin to come from you. It's like the donkey that was so, you know, so elated as everyone bowed down and sang Hosanna to him. As everyone put the, the palm leaves down and sang Hosanna to the highest, to the donkey. The donkey said, wow, look at, look at how they're worshiping me. Well, that dumb donkey didn't know they wasn't worshiping him. They was worshiping that who was sitting upon him. Amen. And that's how we are. Sometimes we begin to people praise us for our giftings and our talents or, or our successes, but they're really not praising you. Don't get it mixed up. They're praising what God is doing through you. Amen. So pride is one of the, the major pitfalls of miracle signs and wonders ministry. People that operate in miracle signs and wonders, they, they easily begin to feel better than others. They easily begin to feel, hey, I'm the man of God. I'm the woman of God. What other church in this city is, is, is raising the dead? What other church in this city is opening the blind eyes? And all of a sudden, they feel like they have more validation and more importance with God and in God than the others. But I need to tell you something that you might have read before on a meme that I've made. 
I made a meme on this, amen, but now I get to preach it. That your value as a born-again believer, seated with Jesus in heavenly places, that your value is, is based upon that, and it's not less or greater based upon how much God uses you. So if God uses you to change an entire nation, it doesn't make you more valuable than somebody who got born again as a homeless man and died never knowing anything or doing anything, but just dying as a homeless man, born again, our value is the same. Because our value is rooted in who we are in Jesus, seated with him in heavenly places, not based upon how much or what degree we allow God to use us. Now, we should all ask God and be, want to be used by God to do great things so God's kingdom could be established. But our value is not based upon that. It's not based upon how many souls you win. It's not based upon if you volunteer in the church for five years. I've been working this soundboard, you know, for four years. Every Sunday, you guys just come in here and eat the food and leave. Well, your value, that's what Andrea told me about you guys yesterday. <laughs> I, I'm joking. I'm joking. He didn't say that. He wouldn't say that. But your value is not based upon your service, based upon your fruits, based upon your miracles. Your value is based upon what Jesus did for you. Amen? So I can't think I'm, you know, I'm Benny Hinn or I'm Brother Chris or I'm, you know, whatever. TB Joshua, I'm the great man of God. I need to have people clean my nails, carry an umbrella around with me, and I only fly first class because I'm more valuable than you. No. We are all valuable because of our born-again nature. We, when we are born again, have God on the inside of us. And where our value is that, the God life. Amen. So you're just as valuable as the person that has maybe allowed God to operate in greater degrees in their life. Secondly, the second pitfall is false identity. Let's look here at Luke chapter 10. Verse 17, 18, 19, and 20. I'm preaching better than you're shouting today. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. We'll start here. This is one of my favorite verses. Whenever I cast out demons, I usually meditate on this one a few hours before for a couple hours. Just so we don't have any problems with, uh, you know, who's in charge. Amen. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. We have it on here. It says, can you see that? Is that too small for you? Let's try and read it together. One, two, three. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this rejoice, not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Here, the disciples find out that they have power over devils too. 
and they're so excited. And they come back to Jesus so excited. And Jesus said, oh, you think that's something? I saw the boss fall from heaven like lightning. And they're like, whoa, Jesus, wow. You know? That's what's happening here. They're like, man, I I cast this big devil out. Jesus like, oh, yeah, I cast Satan himself out. You think that's something? Amen. And then... He says, but, you know, I've given you power over all devils, all to cure diseases. Nothing can hurt you. That's a good verse to know because whenever you start stepping on the devil's territory, he wants to intimidate you and make you feel like, that, you know, you're going to be in trouble. He's going to retaliate against you and so on. So Jesus is letting you know, don't believe that. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. I've seen many times demons want to punch me in the face. They want to hit me. And they're like, but God don't let them do that. Amen. But it says here, don't rejoice in the fact that you can cast out demons and do mighty powerful things. And because your value doesn't come from that. Your value doesn't come from the signs and wonders and miracles that you operate in. He says, rejoice that your names are written in heaven because your value comes from being written on the scrolls in the book of heaven. Amen. So we can begin to create a false identity that we are in a higher class than our brothers and sisters simply because we allow God to use us to a greater degree than another. Doesn't mean that you are greater, just means that you've yielded more. But what makes you valuable is that your names are written in heaven. Another pitfall with Miracles, signs, and wonders operating through you, or you have answer prayers. Another pitfall is justification of spiritual state. Let's look here at Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. Matthew, and I have a lot of verses for you today, but that's good because the word makes us strong. Amen. Matthew 7, 21 through 23 says this. Let's read it together. One, two, three. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So you see here that there were some of them that were working iniquity. He didn't say, depart from me, all of you miracle workers, which what's the Baptists want to preach. All you Pentecostals believing in miracles, depart from me, I never knew you. No, he says, you who work iniquity. In other words, those of you who are living in sin, depart from me. Okay? Why did those iniquity workers think that they could get into heaven? Why did they say, Lord, Lord, I could, get into, I could go into heaven. Where's my key? How, let me in the gates. Those that work iniquity. Why in this verse do those that work iniquity think they could get into heaven? Because they did miracles. So the number one deception that I've seen friends of mine and many people and pastors in history, church in church history and people I know, The number one deception that I've seen that's plagued ministers is that they think 
because the miracles that they operate in or because they prophesy or still speak in tongues that is somehow justifies their immorality. That they can lie, that they could cheat, that they could scam money and come up with uh, financial fundraising scams in the church, promising you fake blessings and miracles for your offerings. They can, uh, you know, be uh, homosexuals. They can sleep with many women in the church or on the road. And they think that because they do the miracles, that somehow they have access to heaven because of the miracles. Praise the Lord. I trust you are blessed and encouraged. We have more on this series coming to you next week. So tune in next week and catch the broadcast. Make sure you call and send in a donation. Send in a seed. Support this ministry if it's blessed you in any way. If you think it will bless and encourage others, your financial support is very important. If you go to our website, nfbeijing.com, forward slash store you could get some of our ministry products cds and we'll be offering the dvds of all these sermons coming soon so go visit us online like us on facebook add our youtube channel where you're going to get a bunch of bonus materials everything that you don't see on the show you're going to get that on the youtube channel and of church at youtube and be blessed and encouraged we love you we want to encourage you to re-dig the wells of our fathers and also dig new wells for what god's going to do in our generation.